0: great that we're all here today, welcome. Great that those who are online joining us today, welcome. i glad you're with us. Please stay all the way through. Try not to get distracted by the kettle. Um, but it's also great to welcome Alan and Margot with us today. Alan's going to be speaking and so we're really looking forward to that. Um, but also the Holy Spirit is here and it's just amazing that God is here and he's here to meet with us and we're here to meet with him and my, my prayer regularly, like every day is Holy Spirit come because we need the Holy Spirit to, to just help us to understand apprehend the word of God for ourselves so that we can apply that to our lives so that we can live the type of lives that he wants us to live that should be our daily pursuit is uh, the pursuit of God and uh, we're, you know, today's no different we're here to pursue him we're here to worship him I know we're not allowed to sing Um, but we're going to lead you in worship anyway, but we can sing and make music in our hearts. But let's just pray as we begin today. Father, we just thank you that you are here. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are present in our, our very lives. You live within us, but when we come together, there's something amazing happens. When we come together to worship you, you inhabit the praises of your people? And, and Father, we just ask that you would come today as we worship you as a congregation and all the things that we do, the fellowship aspect, the, the conversations, the prayers, the word as Alan brings it today. Father, we just pray for your anointing and our gathering today. We want to hear your voice. Father, we need to hear your voice as individuals. We want to hear it because it challenges us, because it encourages us, because it changes us, because it causes something to happen inside of us as we begin to respond to your voice. And so, Father, we pray that today would be uh, just such a special day in your presence. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're going to worship God together. Thank you for the song that you put within our hearts, a song of praise, a song of thanksgiving, a song of worship, a song of victory. And Father, I think of that verse, that he who began a good work in you will see it through to completion. Father, we thank you that even when we fall, you're there to pick us up. Father, even when we are weak, you are strong. Father, when we are faithless, you remain faithful Father, when we grow cold in our hearts, Father, your heart warms in love towards us. Father, that you are a God who is slow to anger and abounding in love. Father, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you for your blessings which you pour into our lives. Father, they are new every morning. Father, we give you praise and honor. And Father, thanksgiving for all that you do for us. Father, we will praise you in the morning father we will praise you in the evening father we will praise you every day father until the the end of our days we will praise you and father then we will enter into a different dimension of praise father now we know in part but then we shall know fully even as we're fully known father we thank you that you know us we are known by you we're known by the almighty all creator god the all-powerful god the all-knowing god and Father, we thank you that as we come into your presence today, Father, that you know us. Father, you are our Father, and you love us, and your love is complete. And Father, I just pray today, Lord, for those who are maybe struggling with some things today, maybe people who are in the room here today, gathered in person, maybe some who are gathered online today, maybe even people who will come across this message weeks or months long after it has been uh, shared today, after this service is finished. Father, maybe some people who are struggling with some things, maybe areas of weakness or temptation or a disappointment, Father, struggling with a health issue, Lord, we pray that you would come and that you would just manifest your presence and power in that situation. Father, may our hearts just turn to, to face you in prayer. And Father, help us to just express those things that that are heavy on our hearts today. Lord, we thank you for the Holy Spirit who intercedes on our behalf with groans and sighs that go too deep for words. Lord, even when we don't know what to pray, your Holy Spirit prays on our behalf. And Father, we thank you that Jesus prays for us as well. Lord, in that knowledge, may we be strengthened today. Lord, may we know your presence deep in our hearts today. And Lord, we just pray that as you speak today through Alan, Lord, that we would hear what you want to say into our lives, into this church perhaps. Father, we just pray that you would bless our understanding, that you would bless our eyes and ears, that they may be open to receive all that you want to reveal to us today. Father, that you bless us with a spirit of wisdom and revelation. And Father, we just pray your blessing on every family, every home that's represented today in this service, whether online or in person lord we pray that you would just be present and that we would know your voice speaking to us in jesus name we ask amen amen just one or two things that i'm going to share just before alan comes to to share the word with us we've intentionally given you plenty of time alan Uh, So you just feel free to do whatever you feel the Holy Spirit is leading you to do and to say today. Um, I do need to take my little photograph for the whole track and trace thing. Um, I'm not going to do a selfie. Uh, Just give me a wee second to get this formality out of the way. Thank you very much. Um, I just wanted to announce something. We meet on a Monday morning at 9.30 to pray on Zoom. And things have been going just really amazing with that group who come to pray. And God has been answering prayers, and that's an encouragement. That's going to continue happening. On Wednesday night, we meet to pray. um, But we're going to do something slightly different. Not this week coming, um, but the following week on uh, the the first Wednesday of the month. um, We're going to just share some short videos by a guy called Dr. Clem Ferris. Alan knows uh, Clem very well. Uh, We have met Clem, and we have listened to him prophesy, and he's just an incredible guy. And so we're going to listen to some teaching on this whole area of prophecy by Clem. We'll get a little bit of time to discuss that, and then we'll move into prayer off the back of that. Why? Because I think one of the most important things is that we learn to listen to the voice of God, understand that it's God that's speaking to us, understand what he's saying to us, but also know how to apply And uh, the last session, for for me, is probably the most intriguing. So that'll be kind of like seven weeks down. But it's actually how to steward the prophecy. What do you do when the prophet comes and he gives you a word from God? What do you do with that? How do you hold on to that? How do you process that? And so that's one of the sessions. So I I think we can really benefit from this time on a Wednesday night together between half past seven and nine o'clock. So if you want to join that then you'd be more than welcome to. Um, I'm not going to say terribly much more other than to introduce Alan. Um, Alan is a good friend. I think the last time we had a proper conversation was probably about two years ago in Costa down in the fort. Um, But I've known Alan for quite some time uh, as Andrew moved down to Gateway. Alan is the associate pastor at Gateway Church He is a prophet. He operates in that gift. He travels the world, um, although not at the moment, uh, (laughs) unfortunately. Um, And I have really valued Alan's input and his friendship. And I just thought it'd be really special to have you come to church and share, Alan. This is your first time here. And so we just want to give you a really warm welcome. So let's welcome Alan to (laughs) Whitburn Pentecostal today.
1: Thank you, Pastor Stevie. Good morning, Whitburn Pentecostal Church. It's good to see so many happy faces in the house. We're pushing through. We all have our own stories to tell of the last year. But Pastor Andrew Smith sends his best wishes. Andrew and Lois send their best wishes from Gateway Church in Bridgeton. Bridgeton is an incredible Protestant enclave. It's like a suburb of Belfast in Glasgow. There you have a senior pastor smacked in the middle of Bridgeton who's a Celtic supporter. A boy in Bridgeton, B-H-O-Y, a Celtic boy in Bridgeton. There we go. God sent the Apostle Paul to the Gentiles, and he sent a Celtic fan to Bridgeton. (laughs) Hallelujah. But seriously, we hear much of what the Lord is doing through here in Whitburn, through Andrew and Lois, and we're praying for you in your ups and downs as you make your way through the pandemic. It's been a hard journey, yeah? We've had to grieve people we thought we would never have to grieve, for quite some time, and the, one of the privileges in the kingdom of heaven is we get to rejoice together and grieve together. But with all sensitivity, we do monitor and pray for all the Lord is doing here in Whitburn in a frequent basis. Thank you for your kind and generous welcome, Pastor Stevie and Mary. We feel at home already. I already have relationship with Martin and Kathleen through the West Lothian Food Bank. It's so good to reconnect. And I remember Lindsay from the AOG area days, back in the day when we were told never to wear masks in church, to just be ourselves. <laughs> so we are now being ourselves, hiding behind a mask. Figure that one out. Glasgow logic, it follows me everywhere. But thank you for the invitation to minister today and believe in God to help us as we celebrate Pentecost Sunday together. We should celebrate Pentecost Sunday, because we are Pentecostals. should be- dooby <laughs> Amen. You can tell Pentecostals because they say shibby-dooby-doob up after every prayer in the local church. Jesus warned us about Baptists. He said, you will know them by their suits. So when you're speaking about denominations, you say enough to offend everybody and unite the congregation against you. But seriously, (laughs) moving on very quickly, rather (laughs) rapidly as they say in the west coast of America, Pentecost Sunday. Let's do some Bible that introduces you and I to the first corporate experience of Pentecost. Turn to the book of Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, we will read the first four verses. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the Holy Spirit, He's a gift but he's not an impersonal force he's the third person of the trinity and father we bless you for pentecost sunday we bless you for our own experiences of pentecost we bless you father that from the very beginning you've raised up movements within the church that has taken taken your truth and your power to the the, the reaches of the earth. And we thank you, Father God, that the Holy Spirit is with us this morning. and we welcome you here, Holy Spirit, as Lord. 2 Corinthians 3:17 tells us, you are Lord, you are Almighty God. We pray for a manifestation of your presence this morning, Holy Spirit, because I ask it in Jesus' name and have a desire to see the Father honored in this place. For we love you, triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Praise God for Pentecost Sunday. Churches all over the world will be celebrating Pentecost Sunday today. It's the birth of the Christian church. It's the day where God chose to birth the church upon the face of the earth. Christmas marks the birth of Christ Jesus, and Easter marks the day when Jesus was raised from the dead. But Pentecost marks the day when that message about Jesus began to make its way to people and places all over the world. That message found its way to Scotland. I'm grateful. I'm grateful there were people in Scotland, in Glasgow, to tell me about Jesus in 1983. I got born again dramatically from a lifestyle of alcoholism and destruction. You might be shocked to hear that. You might be thinking, how could that sweet little thing in the platform come from such a background? If you have a couple of hours after the service, I will tell you my backstory and you will not think I'm a sweet little thing anymore. But praise God for salvation. Your sin and my sin was the same color and the blood of Jesus addressed it. The blood of Jesus is the most powerful substance we have access to, to cleanse us, to heal us. The blood of Jesus has not lost any of its power. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit enables you and I to do the work of God. Praise God, it's not down to our human effort. Amen? You know, the sin of the believer, and this really has something, is something the Lord has reinforced in my life during lockdown. The sin of the believer is self-effort. Yet to please the Lord is what we want to do more than anything else. To serve the Lord is what we want to do more than anything else. However, God has given us the Holy Spirit so that in walking with Him and serving Him, the yoke would be gentle and never a burden. Praise God for the Holy Spirit. Pentecost is an indicator of how the New Testament church should be. We see in the verses we read this morning, an introduction to the power of God that the New Testament church should be a demonstration of God's truth and God's power. You can't have one without the other. Revelation and truth is both an expression of the work of the Holy Spirit in Christian pulpits and in our individual lives. Some of you may have had incredibly powerful experiences of the Holy Spirit over your journey. I've had about seven significant visitations of the Holy Spirit. And you know what? I yearn for many more, but I can't figure out how to make him give me one. (laughs) I've had to understand that the Holy Spirit likes to work in a way that's naturally supernatural. Maybe there's more spectacular encounters with the Holy Spirit in all of our futures, and I pray that would be so. However, this morning, as we settle down into this message, honoring Pentecost Sunday, we need to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the fellowship in Whitburn. I've studied your history on your website. It's admirable, quite impressive. A group of people from Planet Heart Hill <laughs> decided to get into gear and plant a church in whatburn That tells me about the pioneering spirit you were birthed with. Then there's the answer daycare center. That tells me you've got a massive mercy gift, a huge mercy gift. Then there's West Lothian Food Bank, headed up by Martin and Kathleen, an expression of the mercy gift that's in this house. It's always a wise thing to do as a leadership. Audit the church from time to time. Audit the gifts and anointings that's in the church discern the quality of the river that runs through this fellowship in terms of giftedness, anointings, and the river that runs through Whitburn will always be looking for expression out there because the ministry, the five-fold ministry gifts of Jesus, the apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, and evangelist are called to train and equip the saints to do the works of the ministry. You guys are not looking at the minister this morning. I'm looking at the ministers. I'm looking into the congregation and seeing ministers. We're all urban missionaries in the 21st century. We're called to bring Something of the river that runs through our fellowship into our day-by-day contexts. Pentecost is revelation of God's dream, the church. God has a dream, and it's called the New Testament church. We are part of God's dream. A good prayer for prophetic people, is Lord, dream your dreams through me. Our God loves to dream. It's not pie in the sky when we die, it's transformation in the here and now that we will literally live out the dream that God has for us. This is all wrapped up in Pentecost. A brief outline of events that day. We've looked at four verses already. It was simply the believers in verse 1 being together in one place. In verse 4, filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. We should never be ashamed of being tongue talkers. Speaking in tongues is absolutely groovy. <laughs> there you go. You thought I was going to say something theological there, didn't you? Instead, he said groovy, like he's a West Coast hippie or something. We should never be ashamed of our spiritual language. Only the Lord knows what he is building up in us and what he's addressing in the heavenlies when we speak in other tongues. The consequence of Pentecost... And we read about this in verse 5 to 13, was the Jewish men that had gathered from many nations in Jerusalem heard the gospel in their native tongues. As the men spilled out from the upper room and started to speak in other tongues, the individuals from other nations were hearing the content of their words and saying, "Wow, wow!" This is a sign. This is a wonder. The presence of God would have been so deep and rich in that transaction that it got the people's attention. And there was Peter. Goodness, if ever a man had foot and mouth disease, it was Peter. He did ear surgery for free. And he put Jesus in paid employment as an ear surgeon, smacking it back on the side of the centurion's head. (laughs) Peter couldn't help himself. He was the first minister of the gospel who fell. And he was the first minister of the gospel restored by Jesus. And he preached the first sermon of the church. His sermon birthed the body of Christ. His sermon not only birthed the body of Christ, but 3,000 people were added to the number in an instant. How would you feel, Pastor Stevie, if 3,000 people turned up next Sunday and says, we got saved through what you preached online last Sunday? You go, have a seat if you can find one. Pick any slot in the car park, We'll work a transmission out later. And then, of course, as we reflect on Pentecost, look at the history of Pentecost. We're a Pentecostal church. We believe firmly, passionately in the Holy Spirit. Pentecost has immediate application for you and I. Not just on a Sunday, but on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So as we move towards landing this plane, we're going to understand what that personal application means for us as a fellowship of God's people. Acts two, verse one highlights a fact. That on the day of Pentecost, the believers were all together in one place. In one place. From disparate backgrounds and experiences. You had highly educated men in the midst. And then you had Peter. I'm going to pick on Peter this morning. <laughs> Any time I feel I've blown it. I just read some of Peter's behavior in the Gospels and feel better. I love the guy, but it's like, go to a Joyce Meyer conference or something. Get some inner healing. Peter, have you ever considered getting a sozo? (laughs) But they're all together in one place. And the one place principle is so important for you and I as Pentecostals this morning. Because there's evidence of a new unity breaking out across the wider body of Christ. Denominational barriers have been broken down, praise God. I recall just before the pandemic, spending an evening ministering to Baptist interns, young men and young women in their 20s. And I expected them to be tightly buttoned up the middle and starchy. But in reality, as I was prophesying over some of them, and teaching the word of God, and hearing what they had to say, they could have been assemblies of God believers. They could have been Elam Pentecostal church believers. As the denominational barriers have been dismantled, then we're finding a new unity of faith together, and the witness of the Spirit together. When God wants to move on the earth, he always constructs a vehicle that we now recognize as movements. Assemblies of God came out of a move of the Holy Spirit. Assemblies of God, along with other works, other streams that emerged, became a wider movement called the Pentecostal movement. 1906 was a critical year in God's calendar, for in Azusa Street, the Holy Spirit poured himself out, and a disparate group of people gathered there were so impacted, they were as clueless as you and I, and started fighting amongst themselves. But they went back to their own context and carried the revelation of Pentecost. And so it traveled around the world. I believe God had specifically organized a movement that would last 100 years. Listen to me carefully and test this in your own times of reflection. In 1906, God birthed the Pentecostal movement, but decided it would come to an end as a movement, as a vehicle to bring truth and power to the body of Christ in 2006. 2007 was a time of transition beginning, even in the most extreme charismatic and Pentecostal churches. 1906 saw the birthing of the Pentecostal movement and it evolved in the middle of last century into the charismatic movement. If you were to itemize what God restored in that 100 years time span, you would be in awe and wonder. Not only did God restore Pentecost and the gifts of the Spirit, but He restored the fivefold ministry. From the 1950s onwards. Every decade from the 1950s onwards had one of the fivefold gifts being restored. Much of it did come through the charismatic and Pentecostal denominations and streams. Worship now is a tabernacle of praise. I enjoyed the low-key worship this morning. We couldn't sing. I was having to bite my tongue at different moments think serious thoughts, don't sing, think serious thoughts, don't sing. But the kind of worship we enjoy now, Sunday by Sunday, came out of that restoration of a tabernacle of praise. Likewise, missions for all. Let me see your hand if you've gone on short-term missions before. That's huge. That's about 15, 20 percent of the congregation. A hundred years ago, if I'd put that question to a congregation meeting here, they'd have looked at me like a cow looking at a new gate. (laughs) People who went on missions went to Africa, South America, and Southeast Asia. And were usually going there to carry um, capacity to teach, to provide medical aid, or even assist with mercy ministries that were in place. That's a good audit. That's a good exegesis. Working out what the Lord did in the church over the last 100 years. And believing for a fresh outpouring. And believing for a fresh outpouring. But let's not neglect what the Holy Spirit is doing in the here and now. We've had to accept painfully that we We're not really part of a contemporary move of the Holy Spirit in Scotland. The power of God is seldom reported as part of our normal Sunday service experience. And do you know what? That's okay, because we're in transition. The work of the Holy Spirit in so many Scottish believers right now is a call to deeper holiness, distinctive graces in a life that will look so different, so different from the secular world around us. I've also noticed, as we've transitioned out of 2007 forward, that many Christians are enjoying deeper relationships with one another, As the transition hit, after a hundred years of Pentecost, the Lord had to work hard to stop you and I doing things for Him. He's drawn us into deeper relationship with Himself and deeper relationship with one another. I've also noticed in my travels that over the new millennium, so many believers worldwide and in Scotland have gone through times of deep, sufferings. If I were to tell you the things that have happened in my family since the early millennium forward, you would struggle to believe it. It sounds ridiculous. It sounds like something you'd have read about in the newspapers 20 or 30 years ago. But I suspect some of you have gone through times of deep, deep suffering. The Holy Spirit is with you and I, to comfort us in our afflictions, that we may comfort others when they're in a time of affliction. Verse 4 in Acts 2 introduced the filling of the Holy Spirit and speaking with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. We need to reclaim Pentecost, men and women of God. We need to reclaim Pentecost, not just the theology of Pentecost, as good as a theology of Pentecost is for you and I, as members of an Assemblies of God church, but reclaim it as our birthright, as part of the very essence of our personalities. God does not work in a vacuum. He's chosen to enter into this unique coalition between the Holy Spirit and human personality. You can tell religious churches because everyone dresses the same and speaks the same. You can tell Holy Spirit churches because of the uniqueness of expression, both in dress and also in the appreciation of different personality types and different temperaments. The Holy Spirit is our birthright. The Holy Spirit is more keen to give you and I his gifts than we are to receive them. Let me see your hand if you move in the Holy Spirit's gift of prophecy. Let me see your hand in the air. Okay, I'm going to very gently encourage the rest of you to ask the Holy Spirit for the gift of prophecy in the quietness of your own hearts. And when you get home later today, if you so desire that gift, the Holy Spirit is really keen to give you that gift at the risk of offending the Holy Spirit a little. And I'm praying is not listening. The Holy Spirit's almost OCD about getting the gift of prophecy into your spirit. He loves that gift because it gives kingdom expression in English to the world around us. The Holy Spirit is indeed a reason for existence. The present apostolic and prophetic indicators swishing around the UK and the Western world points to a fresh outpouring. I know it will happen this century, but my prayer is it happens sooner rather than later. And praise God, we do have our denominational distinctives. I'm so grateful to the assemblies of God personally because I've come into the Assemblies of God later in life. I've been grafted into the Assemblies of God tree, having been a Baptist for really many decades. Denominational distinctives are important because it represents our culture, our history, and who we are. But the danger is when we become an organization rather than a movement. If you want to know where a denomination or stream are at, look at how they are functioning as a movement. An organization is so necessary. It's so important that you're organized well here in Whitburn for the multiple expressions of grace that you engage with week after week. However, movement is always looking out there. I know the name of the next move of the Holy Spirit is either or. A more neutral expression would be a global prayer movement because so much is birth and prayer at a global level when God is on the move at a global level. But a more accurate name for this fresh outpouring will be a global apostolic movement. It's letting rip in the global south right now. I've been part of that in South America. It's absolutely incredible. Seeing fellowships exposed to the apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, and evangelist. And then spreading like wildfire. I've ministered in Ecuador working with an apostolic stream that are absolutely everywhere and they don't know how to contain it. It's getting too much for them. They're always running to catch up. But the Holy Spirit not only gives us definition in who we are, but is always pointing to what we have to do. As I wrap this message up in the next couple of minutes... In the day of Pentecost, God had gathered so many of the nations into Jerusalem, and they heard the gospel for the first time. In the first instance, through an expression of tongues, and in the second instance, a testimony-driven sermon by Peter that wove in Jesus at the end, and 3,000 get saved. It's no coincidence, as we reflect on Pentecost, this Sunday, that something similar has happened in Scotland. We no longer have to go to the nations because the nations are here. A multi-racial community all over this wonderful nation of ours, especially in the large cities, Glasgow and Edinburgh. I strongly suspect the nations are in Whitburn too they're absolutely everywhere. And as we experience this fresh outpouring, we can be reminded confidently of the Word of God in Isaiah 60, verse 3, nations will come to your light. I so love the mission plan of God. I really do. I'm not so fond of Religious expressions, trying to do things for God. I've been an experiential guy all my Christian life. I've never forgotten how. I was translated from alcoholism to sobriety. In one second, God broke that mighty chain in my life that I was a slave to. In significant times with the Holy Spirit, I've been in awe and wonder of Almighty God. At a home group meeting in 1997, in a time of deep illness in my life and deep struggle in my life, I had a visitation of the Lord. This one's really groovy. <laughs> he illuminated the entire room in this home in Gifnock, Glasgow, and he laid hands on my shoulder and called me to be a prophet to the nations. I went, pardon Sorry, you've got the wrong guy here. I think you've got the wrong house looking at the rest of the people in this living room. But by the end of that meeting, I prophesied over everyone gathered and prophecies were coming to pass within days. Oh, how I love the Holy Spirit. How I love the fact He musters us together, marshals us together, that we can be a contemporary expression of God. Scotland is secularizing. Scotland, secular Scotland, has booted out all things religious. The mainstream now puts all things to do with God on the margins. All our old approaches won't work. If you try and tell people about Jesus, they will only hear one single word, religion, religion alert, religion alert. Tell him he's religious, that's not for you, and he will go away. The Holy Spirit cuts through all of that and gives people experience with God and more importantly, begins to satisfy the deep hunger that's within the nation of Scotland, within the town of Whitburn. Brothers and sisters, your neighbors in Whitburn or wherever you may live are absolutely famished for truth. Living in a world of fake Truth, living in a world of deception, in the brokenness of a global pandemic. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the immensity of what you did on the day of Pentecost. This fellowship and the denomination it belongs to is directly linked to the events in Pentecost all those thousands of years ago. But Father God, whilst we give you thanks for every work of the Holy Spirit in ages past, I pray right now that we would encounter the Holy Spirit in a new way, in a living way. Father, your word makes it very clear in Philippians 2, verse 13, that you work in us both to will and to do of your good pleasure. Your Holy Spirit gives us the willpower and then gives us the capacity to do whatever you're calling us to do. Well, there's been a stripping away of much of what we knew in the late 20th century, tipping over into the 21st century. Father, we're hungry for the new even though we don't know what that means, even though we don't know what that will cost us. But Father, minister truth of the Holy Spirit into the very hearts of your children gathered here today. Illuminate their minds and hearts that they will have a sense of the Holy Spirit squeezing their hands and saying, I am still with you. Thank you for this time together, Father. And thank you for the fellowship we are entering into. In the name of Christ Jesus, I pray, amen. Amen. I believe the Lord's given me something for you as a fellowship here in Whitburn. Um, Will this be recorded, Stevie? Super. It's all being recorded the Lord says to you as a church, I'm giving you a spirit of inquiry in this season. Seek my face and you will find me, says the Lord, for I'm taking you into a place in your walk, a fresh vision for the future. I have ordered, says the Lord, fresh vision for the future in this house. And the Lord says, I will be bashing Up against your paradigms. I will deliberately discomfort you as a people so you cannot blend the new in with the old, but will be willing, says the Lord, to move into a time of being a a fresh canvas in the kingdom of heaven. The Lord says immediately, I'm giving you a season of refreshing and reflection. There is much processing that's required within the walls of this house, and I'm giving you sabbatical rest in your spirits that you can reflect and that you can learn. But the Lord says, I will release a commonality of witness in your spirits that to a man and a woman, You will become envisioned for the future. I have chosen you to be a prototype church, says the Lord, that you can model what I do to other fellowships. There has always been a desire for outreach. There's always been a desire to reach the broken and the lonely. I have given this house a special love for the lonely and the isolated, and this will transition forward. But the Lord says, as a congregation in a time of sabbatical rest, I am birthing within you a deeper prophetic expression. I'm deepening your prophetic capacity as a church, says the Lord, that will be so vital for unity of vision stepping forward. The Lord says, from the very beginning, I call this fellowship to be a lighthouse, to shine the light of the gospel into Whitburn and beyond. But I desire to extend your reach in the fullness of time. I'm changing your theology in the process, says the Lord. And I will change your sense of mission. I will give you a fresh missional language. I will seed you with missional truths that will help you see the fundamental purpose of this house is to be a house that grows strong disciples of Jesus, but also a house that is not only a missionary work, by nature and inclination, but can put arms and legs to missionary expressions as I move you forward. For my glory, says the living God. Praise God.